she was more nervous about having this removed than she was about childbirth. And people, at, women at home are like, what? what exactly. Yeah. Welcome to the Ask an Audiologist podcast, Real Audiology White Papers, written by real audiologists and explained to you by a real audiologist and a guy who isn't. Now here are your hosts, Dr. Jordan Strong and Kevin Zener. Happy Monday and welcome back to the Ask an Audiologist podcast. I'm Kevin Zener. And I'm Dr. Jordan Strong. Today, Dr. Jordan will be tackling an article from Dr. Joan McCormick, formerly of Atlantic Hearing Care. And the aforementioned topic will be earwax and its effect on hearing tests. Dr. Jordan, I know this is only your second episode, but I have, as well as probably millions of other people, a soft spot for earwax earwax removal, all things earwax. So please give us your best, worst, grossest earwax removal story. Honestly, I feel like it's all of the above. Yes. It is. Lay so it on us Let thick. me also lay it out that this is my favorite thing to do as an audiologist. Okay. Like if I could just do this all day, that'd mm-hmm. be great. Love it. If I could not host this podcast and just stand over your shoulder while you removed your wax. I think we'd have a million followers already. Yes. Agreed. So do it. Tell us the grossest, best earwax removal. So there was, um, she was pretty young. She came in, she felt like her ear was full. She wasn't hearing very well and wanted it looked at, checked in her ear. She was completely occluded, which means that you can't see anything to that ear canal. That ear canal is completely full of dry, dry wax. Okay. So to get that out, uh, for her, we used irrigation, which is where we put some water in her ear, Mm -hmm. um, to flush it out. It's like that. It's kind of like the, the super soaker that's that's got the guard for you. So you don't get splashed. You kind of move it in a circular motion, right? Yeah. Clever name irrigator, right? Yeah. So we use that, um, and we're, it's, it's great because it makes sure that the water temperature is where it should be. So mm-hmm. it's not too cold, not too warm. However, this girl came in with a terrible story where she had it attempted to have it removed elsewhere. And they put, uh, I don't remember if it was cold or warm water, but it made her very dizzy, which it can sure. if you use too cold or too warm of water. Okay. So she was terrified for me to take this out of her ear but with the type of wax she had, that was the only way to get this out. Meaning you weren't going to be able to use like a little curette right. to, to, to pull it out Correct. slowly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or what are the other things called? Uh, alligator? Alligator forceps. Yes. There's suction. There's lots impressed? of different ways. You, I'm, thank I, you. Actually, I am very impressed. Thank you very much. So uh, we start, uh, I start flushing it out and I have my assistant that's there and she is holding her hands for her because oh, this no. girl is stressed. Yeah. She said that she had actually just had a child and that she was more nervous about having this removed than she was about childbirth. And people, at, women at home are like, what? what? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So um, I, I thought she was going to pass out. There was a lot of screaming. There was a lot of gripping. Um, there was just a lot of stress that was sure. going on. So when, that was, so when was you ultimately one. got it out, like how, like oh did it come gosh. out in pieces? Did it come out in one big clump how did it come out it, it was one big piece which is definitely the most satisfying for sure oh yeah and are we thinking like now granted people at home are gonna be like i don't know like a quarter of an inch <laughs> like if it was an inch that'd be terrifying oh yeah definitely not that but that like much. so in my mind i'm thinking like i don't know three centimeters mm, 
thereabouts, maybe and, a little bit bigger. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. So it was like huge. I mean, four was centimeters and then like a width of a centimeter or two. Y- yeah. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was massive. So I Crazy. think it, it goes without saying that if you have three centimeters worth of impacted ear, that may affect a hearing exam, right? Yes. So, so talk to us a little bit about that initial fullness that somebody might feel or the fact that somebody isn't hearing and the steps that we should all go through before we just assume we're deaf. Sure. So, sure. so hit us with like the, the initial, the, 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 we should not go to Dr. Google initially. <laughs> hit us with the, like the things that we should do if we start to feel like our hearing loss is going, our hearing is going. Yeah. Yeah. So as wax starts to accumulate, you may start to feel like kind of an itchy ear. Mm. Um, a lot of people start to, to feel that itch. And then unfortunately, lots of people start to stick things in their ears to yes. scratch their ear. Please don't do that. Got Not it. a great idea. Only going to cause further issues. Um, and then from there, if you feel like you've kind of washed your ears out in the shower, you can kind of hold your ear up to the, to the water, that type of thing. You still feel like it's kind of full, maybe itchy. You're not hearing quite as well as what you normally are. Um, then definitely that's going to prompt, let me go see either my audiologist or an uh, ear, nose and throat specialist. Sure. And so when, when, when you finally take that action and mm-hmm. they come and they see you, what is, the first thing that you as a doctor mm-hmm. do? Do you get out that otoscope? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Typically, and of course, we're going to ask a case history first. Um, and again, that's going to kind of gear us of where we're going to go. Sure. And then from there, um, we'll take a look in the ear um, using an otoscope, which is just using light magnification so we can really get in there and see what's going on mm-hmm. um, and see the type of wax, how much wax is it? dry? Is it soft? Um, all of those things are going to help us determine how we're going to remove the wax. In your professional opinion, typically when you see a certain amount of wax, do you know like this person may have hearing loss, but it's pretty much the wax that's causing the issue? Uh, yeah. For some people, they'll come in and say things like, well, it's gotten worse recently, but I think I had a hearing loss before. Mm. And it's like, okay, well then it's probably just added on top of the hearing loss that there's some wax that's also blocking. Sure. Um, so we'll have the wax removed and then we'll test the hearing. Got it. How many times when you see a patient, is it traditionally just earwax? That's, that's the culprit. Mm, that's it's pretty rare. Oh really? It's okay. actually pretty rare. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I mean, maybe <laughs> not good. Maybe I should rephrase, rephrase that. It's, it's, it's good that the ear is not impacted so that the diagnosis might be a little easier. Right. And now I will say everyone comes in hopeful that that's all it is. True. You know, they're always coming in. They're like, what do you mean there's not wax? There has to be wax. Yeah. There has to be what's causing this. How much, how much wax like would you actually need to see before like you needed to remove it to perform an, an actual hearing exam? Like, like, yeah. is it just even a little bit or does, do you have... Can you not like see the actual drum? Yeah. So it's when we can't see the eardrum okay. that we're like, okay, this needs to come out. Sure. Um, because at that point we can't get like an accurate pressure test where we put some, um, it's a little bit of pressure that goes in the ear, a little bit of humming. Mm-hmm. We, we measure what that eardrum is doing, but if that wax is blocking from that pressure going in and hitting the eardrum, then it's got to be removed. Yeah. And so then my other question, and I've actually never asked this on this podcast before, mm-hmm. what type of wax producing do hearing aids have or does it really affect it at all yeah so that's a that's a great question so thank you yeah that was great at least one today (laughs) so it is pretty common that especially when people 
first start to wear hearing aids that their ear can actually produce a little bit more wax than okay. usual. Our ears are they're natural um, to produce wax, but what happens is our ears recognize, hey, something foreign's in my ear. Sure. Let me produce wax to try to push that out. Oh, okay. So it is pretty normal that at least in those first few weeks of wearing hearing aids Mm -hmm. um, that you may produce more wax, but after that, it'll kind of, the wax um, production will slow down. Got it. So here's my question for you. Uh, Obviously this podcast exists on YouTube as do a bunch of other earwax removal videos. Mm -hmm. You, this is your job. You do this every day. Mm -hmm. Do you have any proclivity or any interest in watching Earwax removal in your free time. It's my favorite thing. Really? Absolutely. I I remember the first time, and I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, like those pimple popping videos. Love them. So good. So (laughs) disgusting. So gross. I hate myself, but now it's 2023. We can talk about these things Mm -hmm. in public. Then, then it's like a slippery slope because then you get to earwax removal, <laughs> yes. right? And then you can go down a horrible rabbit hole of other things. Absolutely, after that. yes. But I find, especially when you're able to get those those alligator forceps mm-hmm. and just the whole Put thing. Put out in oh one my big gosh. piece. Those are so good. Why is that so gratifying to us? Right? It's amazing. It is amazing. There has to be something biological in us where we're like, this is Agreed. the thing I love. Yes, Man, oh man, do I love talking about earwax. I do. Uh, And if you want to learn more about earwax or earwax removal or hearing exams or anything else audiology related, head on over to askanaudiologist.com. Dr. Jordan, thank you so much. I also want to go on on record by saying, yes, technically it is my birthday today. Thank you. And credit to me for not bringing it up until the very end of the show. (laughs) That's just, that's professional. That is a seasoned vet who does not make it about himself. And I want to, I'm not going to chastise Dr. Jordan for not saying happy (laughs) birthday to me, but that's credit to me. Credit to me. We just wanted to end on a bang. Yeah. Thank you. So again, went the entire episode without mentioning that today, July 17th is my birthday. But again, you guys, thank you so much. Thank you. I'm a professional. It's not about me. It's about audiology. But still, happy birthday. But still, thank you very much. (laughs) Dr. Jordan, thank you. Absolutely. We'll see you guys next week. See you. You can find more information at askanaudiologist.com. And you can follow us on all our social channels at Ask an Audiologist. The information provided on this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and does not substitute for professional medical advice. These patients will experience things like just deep-seated anger yeah. when they hear pen clicking. A lot of times it's orals, or, wow. oral sounds, yeah. mouth noises, sure, like chewing, somebody, yeah, yeah, chewing, clicking. Yeah. That sort of thing, like my four-year-old does. <laughs> uh.